0: out there it's time for another episode of star wars all in the show that goes all in to all the details of that galaxy far far away the characters the concepts the places the things and it's gonna be a blast my name is mac and i'm joined by my fellow military historian ross <laughs> mac hey buddy good to see you as always episode Indeed. 54 it's crazy
1: crazy uh we're here. We're in this weird sort of downtime for Star Wars. That's weird to say because we've gotten like four novels, and well, I think you know, we're
0: coming out of this little blank spot because the stuff the fall is bringing stuff. Yes. And who knows? Maybe the world will be same. We'll have guests again. I'd like to do that. And yes, who knows we have what's a couple
1: guests happen. lined up. We've got to get our part two of our holiday special recorded. Lots going on. It's but crazy. that's not what we're doing today, Mac. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. no. We have two. Distinct topics today that are in no way related to anything else we've just
0: said. Number one, Basically. Mac. What are we talking about first? Well, we're kind of talking about isolated environments as we talk about Polos Massa, yes. the um one of the most uh, famous canonical like uh, what did you call it a terrestrial space station like sure, you know it's sure, this sure. installation on an asteroid.
1: A. A planet, a city, where the planet is more the star than the city itself. Yeah, a a city in a vacuum. (laughs) Yes. And we're going to also talk about Polis Massa because it is the birthplace of Leia, which will lead us into our second topic, Mm -hmm. which is General Leia. Basically,
0: Leia in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, the scope of what takes her from the Scrappy Freedom Fighter uh, we start kind of with her being a senator, which leads to her being a general and fighting off the First Order.
1: Yes. And
0: then we go essentially from there
1: to the end of her life. Yeah. And we talk about all the things in between. So it'll be a longer
0: one, about an hour on I, yeah, that probably. topic. Yeah. But
1: it's really going to be sort of how does Leia end her legacy.
0: I think it's going to be a really good one. I think we're going to go pretty deep on this one. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it, too. So settle in get ready, because we're going to start right after this. Excuse me, Master Yoda. Obi-Wan Kenobi has made contact. She's completely healthy. For reasons we can't explain, we are losing her. She's dying. We don't know why. She has lost the will to live. We need to operate quickly if we are to save the babies. Babies? She's carrying twins. All right. Out there in the galaxy, there are many, many different planets. Some of which are not much of a planet anymore. The most famous of these, I think, is... Polis Massa, a planet that used to be a planet, but now it's the leftovers of a planet—the remains, the, the ashes, the uh, the asteroid the, field of. Uh, that's a good way to put it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so it is. <laughs> It's it's a planet that at some point in the past broke apart and was destroyed and it's been sort of a galactic mystery. And there's a entire space station of people that have been dedicating their lives to the archeological study of figuring out what happened. What happened? I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. All I know is 500 years ago is a mystery and it's still a mystery by the time of the clone wars. <laughs>
1: Now, Polis Massa, uh, there are uh, obviously a couple of notable places it pops up in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The first one I want to talk about is maybe not the first one that came to your mind, Mac. Oh. But uh, we do get to spend a little bit of time exploring Polis Massa uh, in more ways than the couple of seconds we inevitably see it
0: just in the film. <laughs> yes. Right? And I
1: guess in the novelization of the film.
0: Yeah, because if you're done place, photos, this yeah. is the asteroid base that you see at the end of episode three. Yes. And
1: in that asteroid base, while we don't spend a whole lot of time there, we have a couple quick locations, you get to explore it a heck of a lot more in the original Star Wars Battlefront II from uh, 2005. So that game has a Polis Massa level, and I remember that is one of the most fun levels for many reasons, and I want to talk about kind of the layout of it. So the big thing about it, first off, Mm -hmm. is it is broken up into kind of sections. So you have a command center, Mm -hmm. you have sort of like, you know, like, uh, like rec rooms, like, you know, like locker rooms. uh, And then you have like loading bays and you can actually even go outside of the base and explore it. So as far as a look at the design and layout of this place, that's probably the best we've ever gotten. Now, obviously a video game from 2005, a multiplayer map isn't necessarily a canonical layout of something. But, but it's, it's the best reference we really but it, have. It showed it as a place, which I like. Yes. You, you and you it's why get the feel for it. we remember it, I think. I think it's one uh, of the yeah. reasons why, you know, we talk about <laughs> it as an interesting
0: place. It's definitely the reason I say Polis Massa off the top of my head. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You remember selecting it in Galactic Conquest?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Conquering it. I, yeah. And, and it was, like you said, it was a very interesting level because it was the only one that was sort of hybrided like that with, like, going in and out of, like, an air lock and yeah. stuff like that. and going. When you went
1: outdoors through these, like, you know, like shielded, uh, like, like, uh, docking bay, basically, you would only have so much air to survive because you were on an asteroid, correct? You know, so you could only spend so much time outside. But it was fun because it became this sort of place, this fully formed place in the Star Wars universe because uh, because of those experiences well, for us. I
0: always on the Battlefront too. I think, really was great at that. And mm-hmm. and you, you already mentioned it, but, like, there was what was called Galactic Conquest. And Galactic Conquest was you sort of had, like, a board game map of all these different planets, and you would keep advancing your forces across the board trying to capture as many planets as you want. And so every time you got to a planet, mm-hmm. you'd go into a level, you'd fight, fight a battle until you want it. And it made it feel sort of interconnected, and it made it feel like but it, made it feel like you're campaigning across the galaxy and you're mm-hmm. like having your own little clone wars there. <laughs> yes,
1: I mean, that's, that's the idea. And it, and it, had this repetitive nature to it where you weren't really advancing or doing anything, but just the the different ways you could play the different ways scenarios could unfold and the different characters you could play as made it fun. And then Mm -hmm. dropping you in these environments that you saw on the film or you read about or whatever, and then getting to explore them way more in depth and, by you know having a game that wasn't online, you know that wasn't constantly getting updates, you play the same maps and levels yeah. over and over again on the same game mode, and you learn every inch of them, and you you know you oh, come to God. have a greater appreciation
0: uh, for well, them. We'll have to do that as a topic at some point because I spend a lot of time yeah. with LAN parties, mm-hmm. like hooking up two Xboxes and having mm-hmm. like eight of us around that game.
1: Well, we'll bring my PlayStation Two up from the basement. I think it's down there, and I'm pretty sure my copy of Battlefront Two is still in there.
0: I'm sure if I found my Xbox, so which we can't link on. the Xbox and the PlayStation, but I'm pretty sure my Xbox still has the, like, on the top where the X is, yeah. they gave as a pre-order bonus, like, a sticker. So my, nice. my Xbox is a Battlefront 2 sticker. Nice. Very cool. Stickered uh, one. So we were playing on the opposite consoles,
1: huh? When we were on Polis Massa, we were on... We were on, on uh, different uh, Polis Massas. Yeah. <laughs> my thumbsticks were in a different place than yours. Yeah. Yep. You never could have kept up with those crazy uh-huh.
0: thumbsticks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love Lexbox Thumb 6. <laughs> I never, I, I've owned a PlayStation, a PlayStation yeah. 2, a PlayStation 3, a PlayStation 4. I will probably eventually own a PlayStation 5. I have never gotten used into a DualShock <laughs> controller. I have yet to. Now, Fair enough. Moving oddly on. enough, this isn't the topic at hand. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Believe it or not, um, it's
1: the actual base and what transpires there.
0: Yeah, so the whole thing about it is when we see it in the film, we see it from... Uh, first, with Yoda just standing in an observation room, we've mm-hmm. we've switched scenes. We don't know how Yoda necessarily got here. You know, he left with Bail Organa, and that's the last time we saw him. And yeah, now he's out in an space. Yeah,
1: establishing shot, basically of the of the rig, right? And um, I remember very, bubble.
0: I remember very specifically when I first thought of like, is he on a star destroyer?
1: Because it looks like <laughs> yeah. it's
0: got it's not exactly the triangle windows, but it's it's close enough that it's like what? And then you start noticing that there's this like gray outside of it because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. on a planet. And then Bail Organa comes up and says, "Hey, Obi wans made contact." And then we get to see it from afar as Obi wan flies in and lands. And that's where you see like one of the biggest influences of Paulus Massa is, um, and I think George Lucas even said he was going for this, is it's very reminiscent of the moon base mm-hmm. um, on, um, uh, in, in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, even even uh, Obi-Wan landing is sort of, he comes over the landing bay, drops, and then it gets pulled down below the surface very 2001, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty neat. But, I mean, the most two, I would say that, I guess there's three really important things that happen here. Yes. One, the birth of Luke and Leia. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. I think that's important. Qualifies. Two, the separation of the, like the last members of good society and bail yeah. organa is going to go his way obi-wan's going to yeah. go his way and yoda's going to go his way Yeah, kind of the final fall of the jedi order this is it this is yeah sort of it's the just disbanding. them saying like hey look we can't fight so yeah. we got to go hide for a while that's yeah. all it's the only this option is, we have the order was already destroyed but this is the disbandment this is the, right the, the final nail and then the last piece of the puzzle is where Yoda acknowledges that he has learned how to communicate with Qui-Gon and he has work for Obi-Wan to do and sort of sets up Force ghosts and this mm-hmm. idea of we are going to have these two characters, Obi-Wan and Yoda, mm-hmm. be able to come from the netherverse of the Force thanks to the path carved by Qui-Gon Jin. So it's a pretty eventful place. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you did leave out one
1: other thing. Oh, what a miss! Padme dies there. Oh, that's true, too. That's a big event. It's sort of tied into
0: the first one. I mean, it is. That's that's fair. It's a it's a footnote I mean, on the birth of the I mean, twins, if you right? really look at that scene, she lost her will to live when her husband choked her out. And this yeah. is just sort of her mm-hmm. finally giving up. Do you think there was any purpose in having Padme die on this
1: planet that was once a planet that has now been crushed and destroyed into a bunch of pieces?
0: Okay, I didn't think about it till right now. You are correct. That is really good. You ever think? I don't know. I've never really. Well, I have to admit, like I didn't. I I knew Polis Massa was a was a asteroid field created from a devastated planet. Yeah. But I didn't realize that the whole reason the base is there was like 500 years ago. These these what are they? Kelly or Kellians or something. I don't know. They yeah. come to they come here to do um, archaeological studies. Well they just kind of got used to living here. The archeology span never really turned up. And so they just sort of became the Polis Masins, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they just lived on this planet. And then it was like, I think it's 30 or 50 years before the mm-hmm. clone wars is when they find it. actually find a city from mm-hmm. this planet. And that's sort of when they build the base that we see is it sort of over top of that archeological dig site. And oh, I like, cool. I, I didn't know most of that until I was researching for this episode. And I'm like, <laughs> that's really cool. I think the interesting thing made about Paul's Massa and what I really liked about it at the time when I saw episode three was we hadn't really seen a, for lack of a better term, space station in yeah. big canon Star Wars. Yeah. We had known about Skyhooks. We had seen those if you played like Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Um, and those kinds of things. But we'd never really seen a, honest to goodness, vacuum planet with a sealed environment where people live. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, other than the Death Star, but that's not what you're talking no, about. No, no, but that's the thing is, everything right. else is ships. Right. They're all mobile ships. Right. This thing isn't.
1: It's it's stuck to this rock. Yeah, it's got it's got gravity. I mean, the gravity of the asteroid field is keeping it there. Yeah, because right? I mean, we've it.
0: seen like you know, obviously, the end of Empire ends on uh, a uh, Nebulon B frigate. Mm-hmm. We've we've spent. Too much time on the Millennium Falcon. Like, we've been in transit and all this kinds of stuff, but we've never seen a permanent location mm-hmm. that is bearing. Because I would even argue, like, I, I do think of the Death Star. Yes, it's a space station, but, like, it doesn't have windows. So, like, yeah. it, it might as well be a submarine. Cloud know I mean? City
1: would be the closest we've come before, yeah. probably. But that's in the orbit of a planet, right?
0: Right, right, right. It's, it's in a gas right giant. It. So yeah. it's not like, it's not like if you go outside, you'll suffocate and die. Like, <laughs> yeah. As you know from Battlefront 2, you totally will suffocate and die if you leave Polis Masa. You totally will.
1: Now, there was another reason we chose Polis Masa as a topic tonight, right? A little bit. A little bit, because it's going to slightly connect to our next topic. So today uh, we are talking about Leia, and because this is the birthplace of Leia, hey, why not have it in here to start off the episode? Plus, it's a fun it's a
0: fun one. It's a neat one, and yeah. I, I, th- I would like to see more of, more of this because can i just tell you how much in the mandalorian i love seeing a honest to goodness space station like yeah i love that it was great it's awesome too bad it got blown up yeah but (laughs) you're right this is a nice bookend because this is where leia's story begins and let's go where her story wraps up yeah
1: We know where Leia starts with her birth on Polis Massa. Yeah, hearing Uba from a robot. <laughs> That's right. Soothing. Ooh, uh, yeah. We've already, in a previous episode, talked about young Leia, who we she have. is at the beginning of the Rebellion. We have not yet talked about middle Leia. We'll get there eventually when there's a little more to the story, like her uh, <laughs> time training as a Jedi. Can't wait, but want to wait for a little bit more. We, we want a little more content we want there. A little more, there's, yeah.
0: there's a lot when she starts joining the, you know, the Rebellion, but then... Yeah. Mm, We'll get there, but,
1: but we'll what talk we're about... talking about today, yeah, is a little bit of a different Leia—the Leia who is older, wiser, more tired of people's crap, you know, putting up and with yet stuff. At even some level
0: f- more patient in a weird way too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good point. You know, that's what we're going to discuss today because we're going to discuss Leia essentially once she becomes a general in the Resistance.
0: Yeah, how does she get from where she started as a freedom fighter? She became a senator. How does she go from that to being a general is where we're going to start. Yeah. We're going to start primarily speaking to a book that really illustrates this, which is uh, Bloodlines. Bloodline. I think it's singular. Bloodline. Is it Bloodline? Bloodline, yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. I know you like to, you had the S on there. Uh, and I'm only saying it specifically because we're talking about it so. Specifically. No, no, you're right. I, I do, uh,
0: I do say. I'm sorry. No, it,
1: Hey, it's 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 part of your charm, Mac.
0: It's it's look. It's if I if I charm. had a perfect memory, I would uh, be
1: just like when we had to overcome Rise of the Skywalker. Uh,
0: just like I worked with yeah. you
1: on that, I'll work with you on this. So the book is called Bloodline. Yeah, by Claudia Gray, came out in 2016, and the reason we're starting here—spoilers for this book, mild spoilers. Um, is this is the start of the resistance. Yes. This is the, you know, this book basically concludes with Leia deciding I need to lead this resistance. So Ooh.
0: we're going to talk a little bit how she gets there. And say, cause when we, we talked about this book for the first time in 2016, when we both read it, when right, when it came out, we were both yeah. going like, this is the politics that we're missing from episode seven. We wanted to know. (laughs) Corsella's in here. She's not
1: just getting blown up on that overlook in episode
0: seven. I know things are happening. Yeah. Wow. So we set up the galactic stage that the (laughs) new Republic, um, has basically been established. Um, they are currently becoming headquartered, um, on this moving rotation. Yeah. And the idea is they will end up on Hossian prime. Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, Chandrilla, I think, was the first capital for a little bit? Well, that's where that's it right.
1: started, because I think in Aftermath, that's where it is. That's where they yeah. have some of the initial, like, celebrations, I remember, in Life Death, the second book. Yeah, because that's where Mothma has sort of, like,
0: for lack of a better term, consolidated her power and kind of set yeah. the tone for what her yeah. belief of what a new republic should yeah. look like.
1: They're moving off of one world, essentially. Like, they're planning the move. Like, it's upcoming. But the the new republic has sort of been... Losing its effectiveness because Mon Mothma, who became the initial chancellor of the New Republic after its founding, has stepped down, and now there have been sort of two political factions that have formed over the years: Mm -hmm. the centralists and the populists. Now, the populists believe in essentially a um, you know very small centralized government. Most of the planets should have power over themselves to govern them in the way they see fit. The New Republic is really just there to do things a government are meant to do. Services, you know, like a currency and a, a law system and general military support. But ideally, they, you know, they want the military to be small and, you know, just there for peacekeeping purposes.
0: More of a federated government. The idea is mm-hmm. it's a whole bunch of little nations all collectively having some umbrella coverage with yes, each other. Kind of sure. like in our world, how the U.N. actually works yeah. in a lot of ways.
1: And then there's the centrists, which are the, the ones that the... Oh, go
0: ahead. I'll, and yeah. the centralists are folks that came out of, generally, inner core worlds that remember when the empire was ruling things. And while very few centralists are, like, pro ra empire, because everyone in the New Republic is here because they're very glad to not necessarily be under the empire anymore, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of love or longing for the centralized government, the idea that you had a strong, powerful military and a strong central authority that was able to mitigate um, problems between planets without all this bickering and negotiation. There was an effectiveness that they still long for that came Mm -hmm. from the empire. Um, And those worlds, again, those go from the gambit of places that like, oh, make the empire great again, all the way. (laughs) Oh boy. All the way to the other side of the spectrum, which is just people who like, quite literally are just like our planet used to be a muckball, And while the empire came and really did horrible things to us, it industrialized us. And we, we can't, we're not self-sufficient. We were part of the, the Imperial war machine. We need a centralized group to get like mm-hmm. food and supplies. Mm-hmm. Cause our planet was an ord, let's say like we were a military depot. Yeah. We can't self-sustain. So essentially as Mac is
1: uh, explaining so well, <laughs> there's a debate. Very much and so. And no side wants to give anything. Basically, they can't decide on a leader or a way to even run the government. Their views are just so opposed to one another right? that the government is sort of grinding to a halt and not acting Stainly. nearly as affected as it should be. And that will have repercussions throughout the rest of the galaxy, let alone what's going to end up happening to the New Republic. But it basically causes... Not everybody to be in the new republic's corner. It's one of the things that allows other governments to another government to rise up. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how
0: that sort of unfolds. Yeah, because all the events sort of start where mothma steps away. She finally steps away from the politics. So the the mother of the rebellion and the mother of the new new republic sort of walks away and now as the founder leaves the the kids have to figure out what we're going to do with with the world from here on out now we're getting the keys and so for a lot of people a lot of eyes swing over to leia because leia is one of the most august senators in the um entire galactic senate at this point and she's got all the bona fides of you know what she's accomplished in her life Mm -hmm, up to now mm -hmm. she has the you know the deep-seated traditions of being raised as a diplomat for most of her life um, and so there's a lot of talk among the populists of they want her to be their face. They want mm-hmm. her to be the, the, the beacon mm-hmm. of hope and they want her to become like first senator and sort of yeah. be the literal de facto leader of that entire faction, yeah. that entire half of the Senate.
1: And it's interesting because she doesn't necessarily believe that's the right path. It's not that she's siding with the centralists. It's just that she doesn't necessarily know if she believes a small military and a small government is the right answer. She's not sure.
0: She's sort of got inner turmoil about the decision. And one more thing to set the stage is one of Mothma's goals was a a complete demilitarization of the Republic. Mm -hmm. Like they're Mm -hmm. down to essentially a small functional police force. They are not really – they have torn asunder the the Imperial war machine and in some ways may have overcorrected because mm-hmm. some planets that depended on, like, you know, to fight off pirates and stuff, they're not really getting the support they need. The, yeah. the centralists do have a leg to stand on even though there's a lot of ex-Imperials and ex-Imperials
1: over there. And that seems to be part of the trick here is that – the centralists are sort of found to be supporting what initially becomes the first order So the first order uh, at the time of this book, and by the way, this is six years before the events of The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. are basically on the outskirts of the galaxy. You know, little militia groups out practicing flying their ships in atmosphere, you know, practicing flying together, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, people practicing cleaning and disabling, you know, disassembling their weapons, that kind of thing. Just people in small groups and small camps. Just a little fringe militia. Yeah, and eventually it is discovered that they are supported by people in the government.
0: Because the centralists, or at least a lot of the centralists um, that are hardliners who really want to restore a lot of the imperial powers to the government, um, they're getting sick of the stalemate. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking their industry and their treasure and their resources, and they're starting to fuel this group called the First Order that seems to be getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and that's sort of the underpinning of what Leia is trying to figure out. And she becomes friends with uh, someone who is kind of in talks of being one of the rising stars on the other side of the aisle. Um, This uh, was it ra- <laughs> Ransom. <laughs> Ransom. It, it's spelled Kasturfo. weird because it's Ransom. Like, Ransom Casturfo, Casturfo. Yeah. Kasturfo. You can write this stuff, but... Casturfo <laughs> And Ransom is interesting because Ransom's like... What is he? Like 32, 34? He's young. He's Basically, young. it's implied that he never actually lived through the oppression of the Empire. Correct. So he has seen it from a generational step away from yeah. it. And he comes from an inner world planet that was... Treated pretty well during the Empire, all things considered. And so she's starting to get to know this guy because she's trying to figure out the opposition. Because like you said, she has her own doubts. And then I remember what an important scene is, she walks into his office. And he's got this, for lack of a better term, little bit of a shrine. <laughs> To the Imperial, yeah. but it, it's specifically to, like, military forces from his planet. Like, yeah. the, the Stormtrooper Legion that was homed and garrisoned on his planet that his planet has pride of. Because, you know, they were fighting, you know, the good fight or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. And they did do good things because, like, everything, like, not all the Stormtroopers were evil on every planet. They were all imperially controlling you, but <laughs> some people, you know... Like that control. Well, I think it's more of some of the people like the assurity. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the central government, it, it's, it's, I mean, I don't want to get to real world politics about it, but like when you're part of the, the protected class, it's not surprising. Yeah. The status quo is okay with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's sort of what Leia checks him on is like, I know you're a child and you don't know what this means to me, but as a person who fought and murdered and killed people and had lots of friends murdered by people wearing this armor, I'm not cool with this. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, that's exactly what it is. And he kind of tries to defend it, you know, as a, a, a an obsession with the design, right? He talks about, like, the way they built things, the simplicity of it, and the grandness of it. And uh, it's interesting because it begins to paint that generational picture. You know, this is a person who is right around Ben's age. And to them, the Galactic Civil War is history. It was it's not reality like it is for this generation who is sort of handing over the reins. And so, well, you know, as they classically uh, uh, cliched uh, in a cliched way, say, right, history is bound to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. And this book is sort of setting up some of that, you know, people who remember what it was like under the empire, people who believe that that was better they're fighting for that in the same way that people in the rebellion fought for the ideals of a republic i mean that's essentially what happens basically the attack on the hosnian system is really similar to the way the rebellion attacked the death star yeah it's the it's, same it's an concept. act of, of crushing terrorism yes exactly so i mean it's just the same story told
0: backwards. I mean, it's not like this is a yeah. new concept here. And and she slowly gets a begrudging like fondness for Ransom yeah. as they, they basically just keep comparing notes, yeah. notes. And in a very fun, good writing way, they start to find the common ground they do have. And they start to s- pull together a plan where they think they can actually um, maybe find a way to stitch some of these two sides together. Mm-hmm. Now... I don't want to ruin, ruin the book. So we're just going to skip to a part where there's a point where ransom is sort of manipulated politically by a much harder liner who's secretly deep in the pocket and deep involved in building the first order mm-hmm. and tricks him into basically making a very, very powerful political move at a very crucial time. And that move completely destabilizes the populace as well as Leia specifically. And just a spoiler alert again, good i mean Mm. it's not really a spoiler because you already know it but it's really interesting when it comes public to the galactic civilization that leia and luke are the offspring of darth vader yeah
1: up until this point it had remained secret from the galaxy as a whole and not only that only really the people closest to leia know han and chewie and luke and Uh, You know, even Ben doesn't know at this point when it becomes public knowledge to the galaxy.
0: Right. And it completely rocks their world because, of course, they're not going to go watch episode one, two and three and understand the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. They're just going to go. You mean that horrible mass murderer, the Judas of our times, (laughs) the greatest slaughterer, the people that even the hardcore like Empire guys are like, I don't want him on my planet. He just murders people like it is a horrible horrible blow to her and and ransom by the end is like incredibly apologetic of like Mm -hmm. not kind of realizing that he was being played Mm -hmm. when he released that information and he's been sort of pushed up in the ranks and kind of has realized like i don't know if i even want to be a centralist anymore i i'm like in really deep and i don't like this Mm -hmm. and leia is basically forced by all her previous allies to kind of walk away like you can't you can't you can't lead us and honestly you are just political poison we can't actually yeah. build anything with your name anymore yeah um and it's really
1: really sad it is because it's everything we've seen about leia up to this point it's sort of her whole life i mean from the time she's 14 she's practicing in the junior you know galactic senate for mm-hmm. the empire uh, before you know the senate's dissolved and then once the Republic comes back, I mean, yeah, she spends four or five years of her life fighting, but really most of her life is spent in the game of politics and
0: leadership and fighting for diplomacy. And it's yeah. it's kind of a sad tragedy because at the end of the story, the story of Bloodline is the fact that she. She now knows a lot of information about this First Order, yeah. what it's capable of yeah. and who it's playing and where it's siphoning and that they are just going to keep growing and getting more powerful and she's just shy of being convinced of they are the empire reborn yeah she doesn't really believe that like the entire galaxy needs to go against them she doesn't really think it's the full empire but she's like someone has to keep these people in check they have to stay small they have to stay They have to stay isolated because if this kind of thinking is let loose in the galaxy again, we will have a second empire. Yes. She
1: understands that the threat is there and she understands that the government, the New Republic, in its current state is too fragile and too fractured to do anything to stop them. So she takes a very small group of pilots Mm -hmm. and forms the Resistance. And this is where basically the next six years of her life go. Yeah. And in those six years, not only does she accomplish a lot with the resistance, starting as a very small organization and building steam up as she goes in that time, you know, during her time as this general, this character who we get to know over these three new movies now, she loses her son. Yes. Her son falls to the dark side. Her son, who is a grown adult too, a you know, a 23 year old oddish man at the time. Uh, You know, chooses the dark side right around the same age that Anakin does and walks that path for a number of years, you know, until both of their
0: deaths. And this public information is just poison for Kylo because Kylo learns, like, my granddad's like Darth Vader. Why didn't anyone tell? Why did you keep that from me? We all really thought that would come up in
1: episode eight, didn't we? We all really thought and there's nothing in episode eight that says that, oh, you know, Ben found out about this and that's one of the things that started twisting him to the dark side even more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, along with Snoke's manipulation. That can still very
0: well be the case. It's just never, it was never confirmed well, in a way I thought it would be. And, and again, that story is still not fully told. We, we talked a couple episodes about yeah. the Kylo Ren comic. We went through yeah. that and discussed that. So we see the actual fall, but I think the big thing here is just the fact that um, it's another thing that completely starts shattering the trust Ben has in his uncle and his mother. Yeah, they lied Um, to him. His whole life, his whole life, right? And and so when he's like feeling whatever pulls he has to the dark side, like no one's telling him, it's like, oh yeah, because of the Skywalker bloodline and the fact that our dad was the most evil man known Mm -hmm. to the galaxy. Mm -hmm. But he really, at the very end, redeemed himself. Trust me, I'm I was there. Says Luke Skywalker right um so it it just makes sense that ben is just a very distrustful Mm -hmm. person and then you have someone like snoke who's just like yeah you should you should distrust them trust me i'm a stranger but i know better than your (laughs) uncle and mom uh
1: now one thing we don't know yet is how snoke plays into sort of the early Leia story because we know she knows about him.
0: That is one of the interesting little tidbits in bloodline is the fact that there's a mention of Snoke and also that like, she knows that Ben and Snoke have talked to, talked to each other and she's like, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I don't know about that guy. I don't (laughs) know about my son with his free candy. He seems like he might be a bad influence. (laughs) Um, and it's just, it's a little throwaway line, but I know you and I have been talking about it for the last four years. Yeah. Um, so, Leia goes off and the resistance slowly builds in response to finding more and more. Oh, no, the First Order is terrible. Oh, no, they yes. they actually have a lot more ships. Oh, they're getting a lot more money. There's this guy called Brendel Hux, and he's got some really <laughs> awful ideas of what to do to people and yes. children yes, yes we will yes, get yes. to brendall huck someday we will, we will. i want to talk about that what a fun the character. truest monster in all oh, of star wars Oh
1: god definitely a new star
0: wars so sure. she's building all this uh up and she's recruited people and she started building like her own little inner circle most mm-hmm. of them are people she already knew you know you got Akbar and stuff like that mm-hmm. in there uh, snap wexley snap wexley i was gonna also say and then she she has her her probably in a weird way, her closest to a protege, especially by later in the movies, of Poe Dameridge, mm-hmm. who she gives a very important mission to, which is he's to go and find Larsen Tekka on Jakku because mm-hmm. Larsen Tekka might have a way for her to reunite with her brother, yeah. because she's starting to get worried about the fact that like she needs yeah. more help and pr- pr- probably Jedi help. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's set like this is Leia's mindset here. Okay, we're at critical breaking point now. The First Order is about to become so big I don't think we can stop them. I don't think the
0: New Our Republic... Our ragtag for fighting force. Yeah. And the division in the New Republic has not produced any military force to protect itself. It has a fleet of like yeah. 30 ships and that's it.
1: Yeah, it has basically one force. Like one little... Like one battle group essentially. Right. And then, it you know, security teams and stuff. But it's very, very small. You know, we can't stress that enough. Yeah. And so Leia's at this point where she says Poe, you have to go. There's this Guy, You gotta meet him. He's on Jakku. He knows my brother. He's traveled the galaxy with my brother and Ben. Go find him. He may know how to find Luke. I think he has a lead. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile, people like Leia and Poe don't understand how big the First Order is, right? When Poe gets captured at the beginning of the after that Lord San meeting and is taken on the First Order Star Destroyer, he's like in shock at the size and scale and the resources that they have. And if Poe, this guy who is, you know, Leia's sort of unofficial second hand, doesn't know the size and scale of the First Order,
0: that translates into Leia not knowing. Right, because we see in Resistance little peaks, and peaks at the First Order and how most of them are all hidden out in the Unknown r- yeah. Regions. And, yeah, when Poe's on the finisher class, uh, Star Destroyer, just, like, yeah, he's looking around like, you have how many TIE Fighters? You have, <laughs> this place is really big. Like, and I think it makes sense because... The First Order has been keeping their best behind. Mm -hmm. They they have Mm -hmm. been lying in wait for the moment to strike, cripple the central government, Mm -hmm. and then charge and take over everything. Mm -hmm. And this is that moment.
1: This is what it's coming to, basically. They're building towards this sort of galactic dominance because they see how weak their opponent is while they're not...
0: Preparing for a battle. Which makes it all the more imperative to get Luke Skywalker here. Because if anyone can help (laughs) figure this out. It's the Jedi Master Luke Skywalker.
1: So General Leia is what kicks off. She kicks off the entire sequel trilogy. Her act of sending Poe to Jakku is what kicks off this entire story arc. Right. And so that's the mindset Leia is in going into the sequel trilogy. So let's talk about her acts as a general during the sequel trilogy, starting with episode seven. So her first act kind of that we see because the rest are in deleted scenes is when she arrives on Maz
0: Kanata's planet. Right. Right. To Uh, pull, pull, basically pull (laughs) Finn and Han and Ray, all these people have gotten in trouble. She, she, she's sent black squadron through to take care of all the like air support. And then she's landing to take, take, to extract everyone. So being that she's a general,
1: I think it's probably safe to say that she was in charge of that mission, so that's an act of her military leadership. So, hypothetically, that's the first time uh, we see her
0: being a general on screen, on film. We see her and Han, and they, you know, again, they're falling into their old ways. (laughs) And I think it's kind of funny, because what we just talked about with Bloodline is Leia wanted to go back to be a sinner, and she ended up as the scrappy freedom fighter again. It's not... Really, where she wanted to be, but yeah. that's where she's needed. That's what she can do to make the galaxy a better place.
1: Yeah, a pile of rubble on Takodana is probably not where either of these characters envision themselves being into their sixties, but here we are, you know. Yeah, I don't think they're. Re- <clears throat>
0: hey, I wonder if we could reconcile our marriage on the rubble of that old watering hole I used to go to <laughs> that you always told me you hated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't seem like a place Leia
1: would be happy to be, huh?
0: Le- Leia seems like someone who get along with Maz, but that would be the limits of her enjoyment of of yeah, the planet.
1: That's funny. Yes.
0: So this is our first
1: time seeing Leia, and then we see another side to Leia when we get back to Dakar, where we see her interacting with Finn, and well, not Ray yet, but with Finn here. Yes. And you know, she's very kind, and she's very understanding, but at the same time. She's military focused. Yes. I'm sorry about your friend. We'll do what we can. But for now, tell us about Starkiller. <laughs> now, obviously, there's the ticking clock
0: of Starkiller about to blow them up. Well, it shows that, again, she's very pragmatic. Yeah. You know, she she's like, let's put it this way. She's grown a lot. Yes, you were a stormtrooper, but you've already, according to my husband, you proved your worth. You're great. Whatever. I need what's inside your head now because we need to go blow up this thing you just told me about. (laughs) She's putting her faith in the force and the people around her. Right, because at this point, uh, this is the first act the Resistance has been able to do since the destruction of Hossian Prime. The Republic's been completely crippled, destroyed, gone. Their major fleet was in the system at the time. It's gone. The Mm -hmm. central government... Gone, mm-hmm. and so the resistance is the only thing that can even remotely put something together to go fight the Starkiller Base. They're all that's left, and f- as far as we know, no one knew what happened to Hosnian Prime until like Finn's like, "Oh yeah, it's Starkiller Base," and they're like, "What's a Killer Base?" <laughs>
1: Yeah, the planet is just, well, the whole system is just reported as blown up, right? You see right. it up in the sky, but who
0: knows? With, like, like the First Order tweeting that, like, we did it, and that's it. Like... So they get together and they have a great conference room scene where, like, Leia is walking through with the other generals, like, you know, Admiral Akbar and stuff, yeah. stuff and Snap Wesley about, like, here's what it is, what can we do against it? Mm-hmm. And they have
1: their planning scene, you know, a la episode four, where, oh, it's like a Death Star, but no, it's bigger, it's a whole planet. It's got to be a way to
0: blow it up. You can always do that. There's always a way to blow these things up. <laughs> what about that oscillator? Yeah, no, if we blew up that oscillator, it would cause mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The problem is the planet's shield is the only way we could get there is with a really, really small micro like hyperspace jump. And I was like, well, I could probably do
1: that. <laughs> and they make it happen. Leia sends a small, you know, personal team of Han, Chewie, and Finn. to make it happen
0: basically. And has this terrible deja vu about like Endor, (laughs) like, all right, you go blow up the shield generator and it better be down when we get there. Otherwise this whole plan's going to go to hell. And it does. And it It does. (laughs)
1: After a few little troublesome moments, it works just as expected. Now there's no moments with Leia You know, they cut back to her, don't they, during she, the Battle of Starkiller Base? Unfortunately, Boys?
0: she's doing what she did at the Battle of Yavin. She's looking at a lot of Monitor and hoping That's a lot. what I thought. So She's listed the comms going like, please don't die. Please don't die. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't get to see a lot of her leading
1: here, but we do get a little bit more Leia after the successful attack on the base. Everybody returns. This time Finn is injured, but Rey is back. Yes. Now, unfortunately, we've just lost Han. So it's not a great moment for Leia. We do see Leia, you know, reacting to Han's death. Yes. That is a time we see her. But since we're talking more about, you know, her her military might, uh, I think the only thing we should really say about that is obviously it's showing that she is sensitive in the force. Correct. In what we assume is kind of the same way as she was at the end of episode six. We
0: can say this, that in the interim, she has worked on her force powers, but decided that wasn't her path.
1: Yes, that is revealed in episode nine that she trained with Luke uh, immediately after the events of Return of the Jedi to a certain extent for at least about a year or so, but believed that, you know, becoming, taking the Jedi path, spending her time learning this would potentially lead the death, to the death of her son. So she decided to sort of
0: walk away from that path. But uh, but she's still as, force sensitive. Yeah. She's still trained. So that's when Ben's pain and Han's death. Echo through the Force at her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we'll
1: talk about more of her Force sensitivity in a moment. But with her, when Ray returns, they have their moment together where she... I mean, they're meeting for the first time, but Leia is essentially saying to Ray that you are welcome here. You can be part of this group. We accept you if... You know, you were the person, you're the right person to go and find Luke. I can feel it. She gives her Han, like, you know, she gets Han's ship, and that's because of Here's the case Leia. To the Falcon. that has got the little little rabbit's foot on there for mm-hmm. luck. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's got, so she's got Han's ship. She's got Luke's saber. She's got Han's dog. She's got, you know, basically <laughs> all of his possessions. I'm surprised she's not wearing She his can sense like Leia, des- I
0: think she can sense the yeah. destiny about Rey's. This is Rey. <laughs> Ray needs to go. Yeah. The, the other part about it is being very pragmatic. She's also general. And she's like, "You should go. Why? I think destiny is calling you, girl. I think he, this is the journey you're supposed to go on." Oh, is 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 that why you want me to do it? Well, that and you're not essential personnel, so I don't really have a plan for you in our battle group. So,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying you're expendable. Everything?
0: I'm just saying if you disappear for a while to find my brother, I can mm-hmm. I can plan on I can plan around that. Yes. And while Ray takes off
1: with Leia waving at her from the platform, uh, you know, Ray goes
0: off on her journey. And meanwhile, Leia's got to turn right around and get that planet evacuated. Well, that's the best part is they're like, all right. So when you guys came back from hyperspace, you did some extra jumps to hide your, your space. No, it blew up the planet. You mean they can trace us here? Well, yeah. Then what are we doing celebrating? Get this place. <laughs> you, Poe,
1: stop thinking with your cockpit. <laughs> Well, that's where we see her. So, we know that basically the planet is in the middle of an evacuation. The First Order comes out of hyperspace and, you know, along the timeline here.
0: Maybe a few hours, maybe a few minutes. Like, it's
1: really fast. Really fast. And Leia is aboard her flagship now. She is in space, above the planets, Mm -hmm. basically giving the orders to the attack fleet that is trying to distract... The Dreadnought, which is about to attack the base on the planet, right. while Lieutenant Connix finishes the evacuation on the ground. Right. Okay, got all that? <laughs> that's all right. the scene of this military S- setting. So that's how we get to the start of episode eight. Yes, exactly. And this is where I feel we really get to see Leia be a leader again. And a, mm-hmm. uh, not only a general, but a leader. And, you know, you can say those are the same things, but you'll know what we mean here kind of in a minute. Yeah. So... Leia, we see her commanding this dogfight, essentially, right? Poe is the commander on the ground. She's the general in the war room. Correct. And she is basically guiding him, saying, Okay, Poe, we need to get up there, and we need to make sure that we are successful evacuating this planet. Poe is able to go through and complete his mission and destroy all the guns on the top of the dreadnought, so that way they can buy time to get people off the planet. Well, that's your job. And and Poe does that. But once the evacuation is successful, all Poe needs to do is return to the ship and leave. But he disobeys Leia's order directly and continues the attack on the Dreadnought. So here we see this moment of Leia trying to be a leader, being frustrated not only that her command is not listening to her, but frustrated for Poe as an individual because she needs him to be a leader. She needs him to see what she's seeing. Yeah, she's giving him this opportunity to lead and he's falling behind. So when yeah. the battle is over, I mean, Poe
0: just Cause, ignores cause, her. He so, shuts her off. So Poe, you could tell, like in between this is like given Leia, like I have a crazy idea, and you're gonna hate it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put a booster on my X-wing. I'm gonna yeah. zip right close to it, which is gonna freak them hell out. I'm gonna harry and like harry them by just blasting off some of their yeah. blaster cannons. Come back, we get out of here. And she's like, that's okay well what about the rest of the fleet well they're gonna hang back just in case like we need them so the bombers and the A-wings that we have they are just there for me for fighter support for when the fighters are gonna chase me back to the fleet okay Poe this is a plan that will work that will give us enough time to get the rest of the evacuation so he does all that and then he's just yelling over the comm like we can take out this dreadnought oh it's so big and bad we can totally destroy it and Leia's like it's a ship leave it Yeah, we don't have the time
1: or the resources to worry about this right now. Our job is to survive to fight another day. Right. And as she's giving her orders, Poe just cuts her off. And then she just
0: spends the rest of the battle just watching the the monitors of all the different wings zip away. All the lives blink out right in front of her from her command post. And
1: you can obviously tell through her acting and the way she's reacting that she is shaken by this. She's emotionally she's drained by this. She needs this to end. She needs Poe to see what she sees, as you so put it.
0: And in a moment of tri- in, in false triumph, uh, Paige Tycho is able to get her bomber to drop the bombs. It's the last surviving bomber. It drops the bombs on it. And yes, good job. You destroyed, you destroyed the... Uh... Dreadnought. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And as they as Poe comes back
1: and is giving his report to Leia, she slaps him across the face because he didn't listen to her. He ignored her orders. And yes, it's great you took out their big ship, but we could have gotten away from them without having everybody die. With about 16 more pilots. Yes.
0: And a bunch of ships, right? Because right. now we are extremely limited. Yeah. The fleet fits in the flagships like... Uh, it's main um, docking bay. There's yeah. like a smattering of A-wings and a few X-wings mm-hmm. and that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Not so great. So Poe is demoted by Leia. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Leia's next big moment is unfortunately a uh, traumatic one. <laughs> yes. Right. So basically they're out of hyperspace. Leia's kind of like sitting there. She's feeling it. And all of a sudden, the First Order comes out of hyperspace behind them. Which should be impossible. Which should be impossible. So Leia is all of a sudden dealing with this military situation. She has no idea how to handle. But really, she's not even thinking about that. She is thinking about Ben. Right. Her mm-hmm. mind's on Ben because she can feel him out there. She can feel the turmoil in him. And as he's cruising around the outside of her ship and he decides not yeah. to pull the trigger to blow her up, one of his fellow TIE pilots does send a couple of missiles into the control room, killing Akbar, killing all of the resistance high command. Pretty much,
0: yeah, the high command. And
1: sending Leia out into space. Right now. This is an interesting moment because it's Leia. We get to see her using the force in a way we've never seen her before. Mm -hmm. Right. So here we have this mysterious character who, yes, we just watched a whole movie with her, you know, a couple of years ago. But this is our first time seeing her in this setting now and she relies on the Force as sort of like this last-ditch effort to keep her alive, you yes. know, calling on what she's learned. She uses the Force to pull herself towards the ship, right? Since she can't, you know, uh, move in space, what's she going to do? She uses the Force, she reaches out Grabs her hand... something and yanks and, herself and, in. yeah, Force pulls herself, essentially, yep. to the emergency door and makes it in, and makes it into medical treatment while still alive. But now, the leader of the entire Resistance is gone. Fast forward a couple of hours and a couple of plot points. Poe has mutinied. You've got uh, Holdo on the bridge, seemingly not having a plan. Poe is totally lost, spinning without Leia. What can he do without her? And finally, because her brother reaches out to her through the Force, Leia is able to finally wake up out of her sort of coma uh, that the exertion of being blasted into space put her
0: in. Right, and she sort of shows up and she's just like, I left Toto in charge. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) She immediately not only takes control, but puts Poe very much in his place. Stuns him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he is so shocked to see her. And I love it. She's just looking at him like, really? No, it's great. great." Leia! Zap! Zap. (laughs) (laughs) And when we see her again, she is essentially leaving the ship leaving holdo behind her and holdo have this great moment together Mm -hmm. and uh you know that we've talked about this briefly before i think but her and holdo were childhood friends uh together you know uh practicing to be in the senate and whatnot uh and so for them to have this moment here uh is a fun one because leia is so used to dealing with loss. I mean, that's literally the word she's talking about here. Of I can't take any more loss. I've already lost too much. And Holda's saying, no, no, you can do this one more time. You can do you, more. We know you can. You have to for us, you know, basically is the subtext. And so it's this great moment with Leia where she has to accept that her friend is going to die. Her friend is sacrificing herself. She's right here in front of her. They're holding hands, and there's nothing Leia can do to save her. But Leia has learned the maturity of the situation through all of her years of experience, everything she's gotten up into this point. She understands that, okay, there are times when a sacrifice needs to be made, and that's the lesson she's trying to teach Poe, right? Earlier, those lives you cost us were so unnecessary. Yes, we took lives. Yes, we technically won on the score sheet. But when they've got unlimited resources,
0: right, you're not thinking about it situationally. She's trying to get him out of the concept of, like, glory. There's nothing good about war. Like, war is just terrible. Mm -hmm. It's about saving lives, not losing them. That's right. And because of the actions of her friend now here
1: with Holdo, right, she's got to lose another friend. Because Poe didn't learn
0: that lesson, essentially. And while they're, they're going away on the shuttlecraft, there's the great moment where like Poe comes awake and Leia's like, you know, w- w- what's going on? We're leaving the ship. And he turns back and he looks at the ship. And he's like, oh, we screwed up. And Leia's just like, do you still not get this? And it's like, oh, she's, she's, she's turning tail. She's leaving. And Leia's like, no, she's not. <laughs> I know exactly what's happening. And you have no idea. You have no idea how much is being sacrificed for you, you lunkhead. That's (laughs) right. That's right. And that is the burden of a
1: leader like Leia, right? Not only does she have to foster the people in her care, you know, under her leadership, uh, she has to suffer the loss of these people as well. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to teach Poe that part of the burden of leadership is understanding the burden of loss and how much that can affect you, and you can never lose sight of what an individual life means. That's how I look at that moment. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great moment. It's, it's a great moment. It's great to see Leia having these sort of concrete, teachable moments.
0: Well, I think because... the biggest thing is, I think it's great to see Leia being, in some ways, the mother she must have tried to be to Ben.
1: If it makes sense, wise. Because yeah. Leia in the original trilogy is smart, Yes. But I wouldn't call her wise. Like, you know, that's just not part of her character's arc in that. The
0: the only part she starts seeing is when at the end of Return of the Jedi, she's starting to like intuit things. and Oh, for sure. Huh. Somehow I've always known you're my brother. Yeah. Or when, when like Han's really confused. Like, it's okay. He's my brother. I know what's going through your head. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. No, no,
1: you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because I don't want to make it seem like she wasn't smart in her twenties. No, no, no. no, no. I see what, what you're saying. Is like, yeah. you know,
0: she was fighting to survive. Yeah. she has since then learned deep wisdom about She's how got to the, work
1: the art of the deal. You know, she knows she knows now the fine points of politics and of leadership.
0: And we see that because the remaining resistance get mm-hmm. to create which mm-hmm. was. Her plan the entire time was basically to shield the evacuation to this old half forgotten base. That's been around forever. Yeah. Um, and Leia gets them there and gets them behind this giant door that will hopefully protect them long enough to figure out the next move.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is sort of another chance where we get to see Leia be a leader because here she is in this base that is, uh, overrun, you know, she's putting out a call for help. Um, the situation seems dire. You know, what could she possibly do? Everybody's looking to her and her brother shows up out of nowhere. Yep. And this is a moment with Leia where we get to see her be vulnerable. You know, yes. this entire time she's trying to be strong. You know, we see her being, we- you know, worn out. We see right. that. But here she finally lets that sort of personality slip and becomes sort of this. She's at home now. She's not at work anymore. You know, this is the behind <laughs> gotcha. the scenes family life, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so this great moment she has with Luke about, you know, I understand now that you can't save Ben. And to Leia, she says, Leia sees that as kind of, My son is, you know, gone. You know, this is, I've done everything I could to bring us here, but we've kind of failed. I can't bring him back. My son is out the door coming to kill me. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. And as she sees her brother at that moment, she's basically saying, I get it. You're here to kill him. Like, I get it. You can't save him. And Luke basically looks at her and goes, you know, well, just because I'm not the one to save him doesn't mean he can't be saved. Right. You know, I mean... We're, we're, well, his, we're talking no, no, about the whole, subtext here, his whole thing is just but... no one's beyond saving exactly no one's ever truly and gone he his... ha- and he is sort of understanding or basically making clear to Leia that lesson of I may not be the one who saves him but he can still be saved and you need to make it out of here to help make that happen mm-hmm. and so that I think is a great moment for Leia too because even though she's the one passing the reins right after this she literally says what are you looking at me for follow Poe I mean, literally, that happens, like, right after this. But this is great because Leia still has this moment where she is given hope. She spends all of her life trying to give others hope. And here is her brother, who she hasn't seen in years, who the last time she saw him, he was totally dejected and depressed because of what he did to to her, her son. Right, mm-hmm. and so now you here have this moment with Leia where she is able to have hope one last time, even though no one answered her call, right. even though the situation has lost her brother is showing up, inspiring hope for her, and eventually the rest of the galaxy.
0: And we and and we have, she's also happy to start letting Poe lead because Poe has just learned finally the lesson in doing the the air yeah. ski the the ski skit or ski speeders. Yes, they're trying to fight it and. Poe realizes, oh, there's no way we can win. This was just to delay. That was the best we could do. We need to turn back. The people yeah. we have are far more important than the yeah. equipment, the glory, the, you know, scratching yeah. one of the First Order off. They're
1: going to break down this door no matter what. Even if we blow up their big cannon, enough strafing runs by those TIE fighters, right? Like, enough these thermal a- detonators,
0: th- these mega cannon ATATs, are. It will take longer. Yeah, but they will crack that nut. This isn't really a plan. Yes, and it's great because that
1: is Leia's teaching. That is Leia's influence, and we get to see it come full circle here at the end of the film. Yes and it's great because everybody is learning something everybody is having their moment to grow and understand this thing that one of our previous characters has learned from something else you know it's it's lessons being passed forward which is great and the movie ends with Leia passing that hope that Luke gave her on to Rey on the Falcon. Right. Rey has this broken lightsaber in a few books. How can she possibly rebuild the order from this? She is now the last Jedi. She has inherited that title now. And Leia gives her the hope that, no, you can make this happen. Yep. If anything, this whole instance should prove that to you. Right. And then we move into a few more big Leia moments before we get to the next film, Mm -hmm. because here we finally do have a gap. So there is about a year time in between episode eight and nine. And there is one key piece of literature that takes place in between that we're going to talk about. There's a few others that feature Leia. There's a a mini run of comics and a few others, but we're going to talk about the novel briefly resistance reborn. Right. And in this novel, it basically is Leia and the rest of the Resistance, which has grown a little bit since crate, on the run. Trying right. to establish a base, trying to gain allies. That's their number one thing. The first thing Leia sends Poe to do is try and get Maz Kanata as an ally to the Resistance. Like, she needs to commit to a side. We need to take our Resistance and Mm -hmm. forge it back into Mm -hmm. a rebellion. And they need to find more allies. And this is where Leia begins to learn that the First Order has been abducting rebel, or, you know, Republic sympathizers, Republic Mm -hmm. uh, high-profile figures, artists. Anybody who speaks out against the First Order who could be a potential ally of the Resistance is crushed, is arrested, is killed, is abducted from their homes in the middle of the night. And so Leia is dealing not only with the exhaustion of just being blown out of an airlock. I mean, that is ultimately yeah. what starts the cascade towards her death. Her health, yeah. Yeah. Uh the loss of her brother, the loss of her, you know, husband and, and uh you know father of her son, uh, and of course her turn to the sun and the dark side. Besides the Ben stuff, that all just happened a day, <laughs> you know, that yeah. all is very recent and real to her. Mm-hmm. And so Leia has this sort of weakening moment and she's also trying to train Ray. That's sort of become her new mission. She's sort of turned the resistance over to Poe. And right. while she's still technically in charge,
0: she's spending more of really her time. time. Yeah. Because yeah. right now she's uniquely qualified to help Ray connect with a force. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that's more important. Whereas, you know, the people that piled in the, in the Millennium Falcon, in the end of episode eight, these kids could put it together. They could do it. <laughs> yes. Probably. She has faith that it is time to
1: hand that part over to, you know, your pose, your fins, your roses, let that your, your Beaumont's uh, <laughs> let them take it over. And, let her deal with the last thing she needs to, which is working towards redeeming her son, which she believes Ray is the person to do that. At least that's how I interpret it. You know, the Rise of well, Skywalker is a little bit fresher and Well if nothing less else, again, tight, the whole point so. is
0: she does feel her, an obligation to give yeah. Ray what Ray needs to become a whole person. Yeah. That's a, absolutely an obligation
1: true. an obligation. Do you
0: think obligation? Why an obligation? Talk to me about that. Because she's the only one left. Mm-hmm. This girl is searching for answers. She has these terribly written yeah. books and dead languages. <laughs> she's got half a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Who else in the galaxy can help yeah. this girl figure her life out? There's, See, an interpretation I get a little bit of, like, I see her kind of take Rey under her wings because Rey is a person who's lost everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah. And I think there's a 19-year-old girl that was standing on the, on the Death Star who... Leia is very familiar with what it feels like to be gutted Absolutely. and have nothing to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you know, to be t- truly feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that is kind of where Ray is at the end of eight. She's like, I, I lifted some rocks, feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Don't know how I did that. <laughs> but I did it. I, I made it thing. happen. Yeah. Um, I have these chunks of a lightsaber. Yeah. And here's these books I can't read. Yeah. I'll figure this out. <laughs> And I just feel that Leia has, and that's, I think, I think the reason I feel that is because Rey has come a long way in a year. Yeah. Like she seems like she's been through Yoda levels of intense training. Like yeah. she doesn't, it, it seems like Leia wasn't like, oh, well in my, in my spare time, I'll I'll teach you some stuff. Like, no, I think that that has been Leia's. Mm-hmm. primary work yeah they become close they become yes. sort of
1: isolated you know leia of course is still performing her duties and trying yeah. to find them a new base and reach out to people but they they keep secrets from each other one of those sort of plot points from resistance reborn is like finish trying to figure out what ray and leia talk about like what is going on right and we see that in the rise of skywalker too you know poe is like you know, Leia can lead you. I can't. Like, he, you know, Leia has ingrained herself as this sort of now force mentor all of a sudden. And that right. sort of sends a shift into her
0: military leadership. Right. Cause she's, yeah, she's settling into yeah. a slightly different role. And, and, you know, Poe and these people are, are stepping up and like, well, I mean, yeah, I learned a lesson in eight, but I'm still like, yeah. All the way ready yet. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm ready, but I'm not
1: ready, ready, ready. I need to shadow you for a few more days, you know, really get into the swing of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> eh, just make sure you just watch me, you know. Um, So we have this moment at the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker where we see Rey and Leia training together on Agent Klaus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Leia is keeping with that wise leader mentor role that she sort of inherited since... You know, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And she is basically saying to Rey, listen, be honest with me. And Rey is hiding things from her. So, you know, Leia is worried about that. She's worried about what is going on with Rey that she's not telling me. Of course, she was worried about her son. And now all of a sudden the dead speak. She's worried about this Emperor who seems to be back from the dead. Oh my gosh, all well, of this military stuff she's done might be for nothing. The Emperor is still alive.
0: And again, Rise is fairly new, but like I think there's got to be a lot of weight on her. Of like, And everything the First Order does now has Kylo's fingerprints on it. Yes. He's the supreme leader. Yes. It is his show. He is the one spreading all this malice and hate yes. and awfulness through yes. the galaxy. Yes, absolutely. And I mean... How do you live with that?
1: Right. How do you say I'm fighting for this cause and the person on the other end I'm fighting against is my
0: son? And I would argue you you train the only person you think that has a shot at bringing your son back to any semblance of light. Yes. This force girl. Absolutely right. You
1: hope for the best. You hope that she'll be able to stop him or redeem him or whatever it takes. If my brother could redeem my father, then perhaps this girl can redeem my son. So as Leia sends Ray off on her mission to sort of uncover the path to Exegol and sends her with Luke's lightsaber, Leia is sort of left on her last final little journey here where yes, she helps the resistance sort of come up with a plan, but basically her energy is gone. She has sort of reached the end of her time in this world. Uh, the the stress that's been taking her both physically and mentally has become too much and she decides that the best use of the last of her life is to help try and give that hope back to Ben right. you know that that inspiration that he can come back to the light side and she uses the last of her life force the last of her time as part of the living force before she moves on in the cosmic Cosmic force force. to reach out across the universe across the galaxy and touch ben directly you know internally and and let him know that she's here and she's here for him and she believes in him and still has hope in him and that is sort of the final straw To like sever him from all this darkness he's been trying to cling to. Because it's becoming clear, I think, at the beginning of episode nine that Ben wants that power. But once he gets sort of ingrained with Palpatine, he kind of realizes maybe some of the errors of his ways. He's starting to begin to understand that people are still trying to manipulate him and he doesn't want that. So when, to me at least, when Leia reaches out for Ben, that's the final moment of wait a minute, there are people who want me around for no ulterior motives. They want me around just because they care about me, and that's how I see sort of Leia's final act as this sort of leader and hero and mother and person.
0: Well, just when he's completely crippled and completely out of options, he's Mm -hmm. been the supreme leader and that didn't fulfill him. He's become, become the lackey for Palpatine. That's not fulfilling him. He's fighting Rey, and Rey's not going to give him what he wants, and he's just so frustrated with the entire world. And at that angry moment of complete and total, like what the hell mm-hmm. his mom's like, I still love you. What? What? Yeah. And after everything you've done, what, Well, I don't, I don't, I don't deserve oh. that. And all that kind of stuff you do. Oh, now I'm feeling feels mommy. Ma- Mom. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, it is that, but I mean, it, it is that moment where her, her, st- I don't know. I can't really call it sacrifice. Her, her will Mm -hmm. allows him to finally just turn around Mm -hmm. from the dark path. He's been on and realize that like, you, you went too deep. You're in too deep and I wish you would have found it, but there's always a chance. There's always a chance to turn around and try to walk back to the light.
1: I found this to be an interesting scene and, I'm not going to get into some of the details of it because we're talking about Leia and not yeah. Ben here. But it's kind of odd that, like you know he he's on the Death Star, he feels his mother, he's looking out at the sea, right? This right. sort of like angry sea that's out in front of him. It's interesting that it's not kind of flipped, so he's looking internally at the Death Star, at the evil, you know, that has gotten oh. him here. And when he talks to Han, he doesn't flip towards the open water.
0: It's oh, weird that it's not admit, that would, like that. I will have to say, I think that would be a good thing. Because when, yeah. when you think of what the Death Star 2 is at that point of like, look at what this evil wrought. Just this that's empty, good hollow too. wreckage. And kid, yeah. this is what your life becomes. You just died and you're okayish ish now again. like This is your only future is to just be a relic of someone else's ambition if you stay yes. on this path.
1: Yes, that's a good point. That's a good way to look at it too.
0: Very cool. See, we will keep fan canning and making nine look a little bit better every year until, until
1: <laughs> it's one of the greats. Hey, it's still one of my top nine favorite Star Wars I, movies. I,
0: well, my biggest thing with it is Wait, it's, still true. W- it's still Star Wars. It's still Star Wars. No matter many how many times, talent. like it's still one of my top eleven favorite. Star Wars Even though <laughs> Rise has has definitely sunk as like it, it's the best it could be, but it's impossible to look at it without the the stitchings around it of like <laughs> here's what the world was like when we had to make this and here's the choices we had to make to make yeah. it work yeah it's still got yeah star wars in it it's yeah. still got good bits it's still got yeah. good storylines and i think what we're just talking about is leia despite the muted the character had to be because of real world issues yeah. of the only footage we have of her yeah she still has a through line that feels justified mm-hmm. and correct. Yeah. Leia's character.
1: So the three movies as a whole, right? Because that's really what we're talking about is Leia in the right. sequel trilogy. We we added some more in. We spackled it in there. But really, Leia in the sequel trilogy is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Gen- Leia as a general, as a military leader. The, le- so, the leader
0: of the resistance and yeah. how
1: that affects her life. So episode seven. She's trying to get by. This terrible act of terrorism has just happened to her government. She got a taste of her own medicine. She's got to go out there and survive without the government. She helped built, without her friends who have all just died, without her family or her loved ones. Her husband has just died. Leia's suffering this great loss, but she still believes she can persevere. Throughout all of The Last Jedi, she gets knocked down again and again. You know, her her right hand, her the person she's training disobeys her and shows that he is not ready for the spotlight she loses all these people and all these lives she loses their base she almost dies getting knocked unconscious getting blown out into space and then at the very end when she's about to lose hope when she thinks it's over when she's sort of sitting down there she's inspired by her brother and understands that no she still has a little bit of her journey left she still has a little bit more to give and she understands that her brother's sacrifice not only inspires that hope within her and within the galaxy that ultimately ends what ends up overthrowing the Empire and finishing what she essentially started her and her yep. adoptive parents started really. Yeah. Right. So not only does her brother give her the courage to take that one final step to do the one last thing she does, which is to prepare Ray to essentially help Ben. Right. She to has put had... those two kids in the place they need to be to destroy the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She takes kind of that last little bit. She has left to make sure the galaxy can still go on without
0: her. Right. And the very last moment of general Leia is that we see on Tatooine when, um, in a strange way, I guess we can call it this where Ray takes up her birthright. Mm-hmm. She, she, she puts to rest the past that needs to be buried here in this sacred place. And she starts her new beginning of what her life and her path without any mm-hmm. influence. What what it, what will Rey do with her life? And the first thing is she becomes a Skywalker by her own choice. Mm-hmm. And she sees the, the Skywalkers to get mm-hmm. that blessing essentially from them. <laughs> and then she walks into the binary sunset off to forge a new path.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All because of this, uh, uh, these two little twins who helped her along on her journey, right, and helped change the galaxy. And Leia's story has a very satisfying ending here. Sure. Uh, and it's great to see her go from this sort of uh, spitfire, young, uh, aggressive, you know, fighter to this smart, wise, caring, uh, you know, general.
0: Right, and I I think she also has the most dynamic arc out of all the three principal main characters like Han, Luke, and Leia. Leia, I think, has the most dynamic arc only because there are many, she's a much more complex character with a lot of different movements. I think especially when you take in all of the material
1: bloodline does a really great job of setting up Leia and the politics of the new Republic. And I think that's part of the reason we feel that way. I have a really tough time saying she has a, I don't know. Luke's arc is pretty good. That's all I'm saying. Well uh well, but I hear I hear what you're saying. What I mean yeah, is I I Luke
0: starts as say. an idealistic person, he becomes a Jedi knight, and then he and then his Jedi is disillusioned by that. Yeah, disenfranchised for but sure. Leia has so many more speed bumps in her life. That's true. Where she's oh, a much have harder given... life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's maybe life. that that's yeah. it is like she's constantly rising mm-hmm. and dealing with everyone else's crap mm-hmm. and dealing with the fact that like she has to be the hopeful one around them because so many people given to despair and she will never allow herself to do that. Yes. Ever. Yes. And that is such a, a harder, harder road. And I think it's also a very, I don't know. I just think she, she, her, her journey is a little bit less, it's a little more real world. It feels a little more grounded in, especially like strong women that I've known in my life of just like people who have persevered. Things that would be blunt would crush us, dudes, just emotionally ball us up in a corner and destroy us. She is so strong, and every chance that she has to like that woman never gets a chance for herself to really ever grieve with this stuff. Cause she's busy helping other people deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Absolutely. We, we joke, we've made that joke before. Uh, I'm just like, oh, I miss Ben, that guy I met like a week ago who has been teaching me about the force. I miss him. I lost my dad and my entire family and my entire rebellion might be destroyed along with all of us, but I see you're having a bad day kid. Yeah. You know, like, that is such a microcosm of so much stuff she has to do for You're everyone. Absolutely right, and it makes her just so fascinating to me. I mean,
1: there's a reason she is one of the most classic characters in all of film, and I, I mean, you know, it's it's not just that she's in a really popular film franchise. She no. is an incredibly well written, well acted, well constructed character who has many different progressive character moments that yes. are super memorable. And it is so lucky that we got to see Carrie perform the character a
0: few more times. Uh, and she did such a great job in the sequel trilogy. Just yeah. just bringing that slightly different mm-hmm. version of of the character she created. It Carrie
1: in The Last Jedi is my favorite version of uh, Leia in I, any Star Wars film, I think. I agree. I mean, I love her in A New Hope, too. It's tough. But yeah.
0: It, yeah. She's fantastic. All right. Well, we we still have more territory of Leia to go over in the future. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll end here with her final journey. Middle Leia
1: eventually will be the
0: next step. Well, we've got Middle Leia, and then, then we also got like, we. There's more to talk about. She's there's got a got lot, a lot of Leia going to on. Come. Yeah, but until then, let's go. Uh, let's go wrap this thing up. Let's do it. You know, they say, old soldiers never die. They just fade away. And that's kind of uh, what happens. I mean, Leia literally literally. does fade away. She does. She's like MacArthur. She just (laughs) literally faded away. She literally
1: does fade away often. What a
0: great topic. I felt really good about that one. I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm glad we
1: decided to give it a little bit more space. We were going to do a third topic. Yeah. But uh, it went a little long and we're happy about that. And that's what we like to hear. And I don't think I could follow
0: that up with anything meaningful. Like, like, <laughs> Hey, let's talk about death sticks. I don't know. No. And that doesn't make sense. Got really exciting facts about calf to share with you today. Also for the record, uh, those are two topics that we will eventually get to. But anyway, will, because eventually we'll get to all of them. We will right? get to all of them. Yeah. The Wikipedia page we'll will stop. be like, you've reached the end. You've reached Just the end no of the more. Wikipedia. There's nothing more. Um, But that will not be for a while. <laughs> I think we got a couple more years fingers crossed fingers crossed buddy um but it's been a blast um also polos Master is 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 a neat little place in star wars it, it is it's a ton of
1: fun we're gonna hook up the playstation and play some battlefront for a future episode. i really do because we've we,
0: done a video we game do. now
1: we did battlefront 2 but in, next we'll do battlefront 2
0: i would like yeah we should do 2 in the battlefront 2 yes who knows maybe Battlefront 3 will come out maybe someday we'll see I don't know I don't think so we'll get Battlefront 1 again maybe one day I could talk about squadrons again that's coming out I'm really well, excited when it
1: comes out I'm sure you know what other game we got to do we got to get back to do Vader Immortal we did part we one back in that. episode four yeah a long I've, time ago dude
0: even even I like I've played episode two but I need to show you episode yes, two I have and then seen it yet. it'll be great because I haven't done episode three yet well maybe I'll play episode two okay and then you can play episode three and sure. I'll watch Because I think it'll also be important because um, coming up very soon, that's coming to PlayStation. So, the PlayStation VR set. So, we should try and get it done by the time it launches on PlayStation. Let's see if we can make that happen. Let's see if we can make that happen. No promises.
1: Hey, maybe if we go back into
0: lockdown, we'll have more time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully uh, not. Yeah. No. I've had enough 2020 for a year. Um, I I, I would like this year to get better before it gets worse. (laughs) But... You'll find out with us as we go forward in time. Who knows we what st- we'll talk about next week.
1: It could be anything.
0: We don't, we, I don't think we actually have a plan. For, uh, the point is we're excited to have you here. We're excited for you being here. Yes. Um, we have a special episode coming up um, and we really like to um, have you guys any part of it. Anything you want to tell us about it as we reach kind of one year is not that far away. Not that far um, we've been doing all. this for a while. It's, it's kind of crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. But we're gonna keep doing it because until next Wednesday, I'm Mac. And I'm Ross. And may the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2020.